Welcome to Two Old Bulls. My name is Tom and I'm joined by my partner, Paul. Together we have 75 years of combined sales and management experience. On Two Old Bulls, Paul and I will interview a variety of guests from all types of backgrounds. Our goal is to entertain, inform, and help you grow in whatever you do. So welcome to Two Old Bulls. Now let's get started. Paul, how are you doing this morning? It's a wonderful morning here, Tommy. Thanks for asking. You know, it's a good weekend, right? I've got uh, my uh, childhood team, finally, after so many years in the playoffs, the Detroit Lions. Yeah, tomorrow and, I'm pulling for them, and I'm going to pull for Baltimore, the Kansas City th thing. I'm just, uh, to be honest, I'm sick of the Mahomes thing, and and <laughs> uh, I just uh, that's my that's the team. You got to pull for somebody, right? You don't want to be these uh, this fan that oh, I love everybody. You got to have somebody you got to hate, and then you got to pull for the other team. So I'm with you there. We're on the same side of it. I just got back from Vegas. It's been a little uh, crazy this week. I'm running on. Uh, you know, just adrenaline and caffeine got in uh, last night, wife and I, you know, caught up and again this morning. So yeah. And you've already helped me with the, some things that, uh, you know, things going on and, and, uh, you're, you continue to be the man and the mentor of my life. So thank you for that. Uh, but no, it's, it's great. Uh, dreary, ugly morning in Tulsa, cold, but it is winter. And, uh, every year I complain. So today, I'm pretty fired up. Uh, first of all, uh, we've got a, over 110, I think, uh, LinkedIn now, which is not a great number, but for us, it's big because our first mountain to climb was, uh, as Chris would say, as a hundred. So we're over uh, that threshold. And so anybody listening, please uh, go to LinkedIn and, and follow uh, Two Old Bulls. Also, you can hear us on uh, the uh, obvious uh, Apple app for podcast and spotify so here's the deal we have a guest today that we're excited about uh his name is john alwison he's the author of relentless sales he's born in uh, orlando florida and he's lived in atlanta georgia for the last 10 years his wife sandra uh, and his kids ashley and easton are the joy of his life with over 15 years of sales experience john has achieved all the sales accolades both as individual sales contributor and regional manager as a salesperson john has won rookie of the year territory manager of the year founders award president's club and has helped lead his team to multiple region of the year awards as a regional manager john has led his team to the first and second place finishes five out of the six years has coached and developed rookie of the year award winners Rep of the year, and each year coaches one more territory manager to achieve President's Club. So it's interesting. Uh, welcome to the show, John, by the way. Hey, Tom, Paul, thanks for having me, guys. Well, our pleasure, John. Our pleasure. As I read your bio, I'm I'm thinking about my, my life, too. All the stuff you did there is like, I kind of had a similar similar path to to where you're at, and Paul obviously, and Paul's been around forever, and uh, it, it's uh, cool to talk to somebody in your in in your industry. And I I like I mentioned to you in the pre show, I did go through your book on the airplane, and yeah. we're fired up. But before we do that, John, uh, our tradition here 
is to get to know the person. And yep. you mentioned this in the book, uh, where you have to connect with people. And and we yep. believe in that too. So if you go back to, and, and we let people kick off wherever they want. We need, we don't need to hear you out of the womb, right? <laughs> we we no need doubt. to hear your story, like where, wherever you want to kick it off in terms of kind of like this, when you knew you had a thing and wanted to kind of get in this direction of, of business and sales. So you, you tell us how that journey started. Yeah. You know, so like you said, I'm an Orlando boy, uh, born and raised down there first 25 years of my life. Um, great dad, great mom. My dad was a Presbyterian minister for 30 years. So um, that's part of my story because I got to meet all kinds of folks um, that were in business and life. And so that really like kicked me off on my business journey of meeting people, successful people. Um, there's a, there's actually a story in the book where my dad would pull me aside at church and say, Hey, that guy over there is, is this real estate guy, or this guy's a sales guy or owns this business. Go, go talk to them. And, you know, if you can set up a lunch, I'll pay for it, you know? And, and so I always had that mentorship from my dad growing up. So I would say those early formidable years were years that I feel very grateful for that. I had, um, all kinds of business folks, sales folks, um, people of all kinds, entrepreneurs that I got to meet growing up. So I would say that that late teen years were the years where I started kind of on my journey of sales. Yeah. So you're a church guy. I grew up Baptist. I think Paul's yeah. a Catholic, so we can have a philosophical debate. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. But uh, I was the guy that uh, really needed to swim in a river of mercy because I yeah. was always in trouble. So that's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually interviewed uh, another gentleman that's in 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 that line of work, and and and, yeah. and he's he's he was awesome. So that's, that's cool. Awesome. So so yeah. here you are. Here you are uh, with your dad and those influences. Mm -hmm. And did, what about sports? I mean, it looks like you're oh. about. It looks like you have a sports background as well. Well, is absolutely my passion. Um, growing up, I was always that skinny short guy. Um, and, and so I was a point guard shooting guard. And so I had that type of, of uh, background, um, but love basketball I was obsessed with it. Kind of a funny story uh, going into ninth grade. I was five, nine, 95 pounds. Um, and you know, that ninth grade years where everyone in your school tries out for basketball. And, um, so I remember sitting against, you know, outside, um, lined up 300 something guys going out for the team. And I was, you know, one of 12, 15 guys that made the team, which was cool. So. That's pretty awesome. I, I didn't have that experience. My shooting guard in high school was a gentleman by the name of Tony Dungy. Who oh I yeah. Think, I think you guys know. And yes. He, he could drop them in like, uh, like you wouldn't believe. So, but anyways, I, I had switched early on to hockey. That became my passion. Love that. Love that, Paul. So here you are at high school and then college wise. I mean, kind of transition is into your mm -hmm. professional life. Yeah. So late, late college, my brother and I started a company out of college. He was a couple years ahead of me, kind of he was successful in commercial real estate out of college. Um, and we started a footwear outdoor company right out of college. In my last year, I was starting to work in it. And we we raised capital right out of um right out of college. And we started this footwear manufacturing company called ARKS, A-R-K-S. And um, we had a really good run. Uh, but as you guys can probably imagine, made every mistake in the books, um, literally every mistake that you could as two young entrepreneurs. And, and so moved from, you know, call it four and a half, five years of entrepreneur uh, life to medical device sales. And that's where I've been for the last 15 
So yeah, that's a broad uh, statement, medical device sales. Just give us a little bit more meat on the bone. So kind of give us a, what kind of widgets and things do you talk about? Yeah. So I started with orthopedics. So orthopedics and neuro. So I did neurospine, orthopedics, and a little bit of ENT with, uh, with a big Fortune 500 company. So I cut my teeth there. And then, um, you know, for the last, call it 12 or so, I've been with uh, endoscopy division, selling endoscopes, selling devices, selling all things for GI endoscopy procedures. So how big is your uh, broader territory with your team? Is it uh, mm -hmm. North America or regional? Yeah. So I right now I cover all, I call it seven states in the South. So I have 10 people on my team mm -hmm. and we cover from South Carolina to Jackson, Mississippi, down to Florida, down to Miami. So how long have you been uh, at the leadership position? So I've been, I'm entering my eighth season. I call, okay. I look at it like sports. So I'm entering my eighth coaching season. Outstanding. So you've seen a lot that Paul and I have seen. And uh, yeah. Paul, by the way, is probably one of the best bosses I've ever had. And he's mm -hmm. a master at developing sales teams. So if you get to know Paul, he's a, he's a stud in that regard. And I have a little bit to contribute there. I've been doing the the management side, sales management side since I think it was 2007. Mm -hmm. So uh, we both have been in that capacity. So that's good. That, that gives me a nice feel for where you're at. Uh, so I'm reading this book. Like I said, I had uh, pretzels all over the place and, you know, <laughs> Um, and then the guy next to me had a mask on and kept looking at my book. I'm like, hey, feel free to read it with me. So I'm on the airplane and I'm making these notes. Uh, so I want to dive right into something that Paul had brought up previously about confidence. If you listen to some yeah. of our previous uh, episodes, we talk about be a pro, not a punk, and some of the mistakes that salespeople make. Uh, and confidence came up. Paul, I think it was your your thing on confidence. And and John talks about this too. And I highlighted a line in here and it said, the same is true about us as salespeople. If customers don't like you, they will find a way to quote, block you out and not work with you. I mean, talk about that, John. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've experienced this firsthand, right? You know, it's been few and far between. I try to make sure that's the case, but definitely have experienced this both personally and then also coaching territory managers and sales reps. I mean, if they don't like you, uh, they, they will find a way not to answer. They will find a way to literally block you out where they're not responding. You show up, they're in meetings and they, they develop a personal vendetta against you if you don't start that sales relationship off to the right start. So it is important to, to win that relationship first. Um, otherwise, you can set yourself up to, to really get off on the wrong start with your customers. Yeah, I completely agree. Paul, do you have any comments? No, I, I absolutely. You're right on there. I, one of the questions I had to just real quickly getting back to your sales team so we have some sort of, what are the age ranges? Yeah, so I, I would say the younger side, 25 to i would say 36 30 actually i actually have some older folks on my team um probably mid to late 40s now okay Thank yeah you. yeah yeah paul's looking for a job he just uh retired so <laughs> hey I, I need to learn from paul so i'm, I'm excited to get yeah the problem is he's 84 guys. years old so he, <laughs> he might have a little problem with him getting out of his car and stuff uh, but well that good well you guys were getting into the religion thing i was gonna say i hate to tell you guys i was an altar boy when when the religion when the mass was latin 
That's yeah. all. All right, goes. So. Yeah, he that's Paul so would Paul would be at HR more, and he'd be at customers. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so, hilarious. <laughs> so the the relationship piece of it again, kind yeah. of pivot, <laughs> kind of pivoting off this uh, connectivity with the customer. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I we we're all on the same page there. If you don't get out of the gate on the on the relationship side, then you're you're pretty much uh, the customer you know, people buy from people type of thing. But I, I highlighted yeah. this as well. Warning, be sure to approach your customers with good intentions mm -hmm. and do not try to manipulate them or act outside your authentic self. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Be real, right? Be be yourself when you're approaching your customers. A lot of times you'll notice, you know, with, with newer sales reps, they try to change their voice or they they flip a switch and you kind of turn your head sideways at him. You're like, dude, just be natural, be yourself or, you know, whatever. I, I've experienced it firsthand myself where you're nervous. I think when you're nervous, you do weird things. And I think we talk about relationships in chapter five of the book, big gym. I mean, smile, look at your customer. Like they're a best friend. I mean, don't be sloppy. Don't overstep that early where you're too, too comfortable with them, but be warm, smile, right? Engage them, be genuinely interested in them. Like they talk about and how to win friends and influence people. And so that type of uh, style is what wins. I believe. I agree with you completely. And this gets into the pre-call plan and I'm, I'm going to get into that here in a minute, but in the car, in the lobby, whatever, have those affirmations of, Hey, I got to relax. I got to be myself. I've got to be Tom. Mm -hmm. I've got to connect. I've, I've, I've trained and coached salespeople and I ask them what the, uh, the objective was on the first call and they'd go into, well, features, benefits, value proposition. I'm like, hold on a minute. Yeah. What's the first thing you do? Well, uh, tell them, who, you know, my position. I'm like, hold on a minute, slow down. And right. so it's this whole notion of connect, be a human being, be mm -hmm. yourself, find out about them don't even get into your product and all that good stuff. Let's try to connect this. This person is another human being. Keep in mind. So I couldn't agree with you more. Developing an elite process is, is where mm -hmm. I want to go next. Now, this is fairly basic stuff. I'm going to just say it out loud, John. I mean, the, yep. these are very basic principles, but I, I don't think you can ever get away from the basics. So on page 80 or 67, Mm -hmm. You talk about the pre-call plan, uh, mm -hmm. approaching the customer with rapport. We just talked about that. Uh, so on and so forth. Identify plan, demonstrate value, advance the sale, close, ask for the business and follow up. Yep. You're, you're, this is crazy. We've never met each other. Paul and I had, we haven't met you. This is the same stuff, Paul, right? That we've always talked about is that these six things that John brought or seven things that John brought up in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys, this is, uh, you know, and, I, and Paul, I'd love to get your take on this too, but this is, um, this is my passion. I feel like this newer generation of salespeople, this, they're coming out with zero sales process and what I, I, I connect it with like shooting form in basketball, right? If your form is different, every time you shoot a ball, your, your success is going to be different. And, and so you've got to have the foundation of a sales process. You want to, you want to win with relationship. You want it to be smooth. You don't want to be robotic, but you have to have the foundation. You have to have the principles. And so if you have those, it allows you to effectively navigate a conversation and move business. And so um, I, I love sales process. I'm a geek. 
when I'm hiring someone, they've got to have some form of sales process. It doesn't have to be mine, but they've got to have some kind of foundation. Otherwise, it's it's really challenging. And I would add these seven steps. You're not going in there to accomplish all seven. It could take a year and a half to get to number seven. Right, John? Correct. Yes, correct. Pre-call plan, you got to start with that. And obviously the first the first couple of them you've got to start with. But that that gives the framework for especially newer salespeople on how to navigate working relationships and sales calls. Yeah, because you don't want a salesperson to read your book and hyperventilate thinking I've got to get to number seven by two o'clock. I got another meeting. And, and that that you're gonna sabotage the whole thing. Paul, you got you got a couple of comments? Well, the other part I like is the follow-up, right? Tom, you and I have talked about that so many times. And the follow-up's important. And, and often with young sales guys, you got to you just say, it's not, hey, thank you for the visit. I'll see you next time. You, you want to make sure that you go over things in the call that you discuss that are important, not only to the customer, but you as well, and on what you're uh, looking to accomplish in the future. I, I find young sales guys are too quick on the trigger sometimes with their follow-ups. How about you, John? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, 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 you know, adding to that, you know, every person you're calling on now has their calendar in their pocket. It's called a cell phone now, you know? And so, you know, if you navigate that conversation well, and it's an organic um, conversation, you can quickly say, let's look at your calendar. When's, when's a good time for me to follow up with you here? And, and let's look at that before I take off. And if you can kind of accomplish that step in a very warm and engaging way, you know, you're saving them time and you're saving the back and forth banter that that can really drag out sales. And I would just add one little old bull touch. If you yeah. sense the person's anxious or in a hurry, whatever, you got to have your tentacles out there and you don't want to force your agenda because if you become an annoyance, then you become an annoyance. And so I'm yeah. always empathetic with people, business owners like, hey, I can tell you're rushed. You got five calls here. Why don't we circle back or maybe go to lunch off site? I mean, you have to be flexible on these calls. Don't go in and lean into your agenda too much. Keep flexibility in there. So now I'm going to pivot yep. to one of my favorite parts of the book, uh, owning the mental game. Now, this is mm -hmm. where you're going to get me really fired up. Let's go. Uh, I love page 88 schedule. You get into goal review mm -hmm. affirmations. And I read this. I'm like, oh, this guy's, uh, this is awesome. So you can talk about this, but here's my take on, on this is be intentional with your schedule, your week, your mornings. Don't sleepwalk through life because whether it's nutrition or exercise or relationships, if you sleepwalk, you'll wind up in some dark closet and wonder where the heck are you? So mm -hmm. I think what you're trying to say here is have a plan, have a schedule, get well-rested, go through that, John. Yeah. that I love this chapter, chapter eight, owning the mental game. I mean, success really does largely depend on how we think right in between our ears and so much of sales is how we manage that you know and so i give a bunch of examples in there um, i start with kind of documenting your wins you know we get told no so much that especially for the newer folks they throw in the towel so early i um i had a buddy down the street in my neighborhood come up to me and i was asking him how his daughter's doing and He's like, yeah, no, she quit. She, sales isn't her thing. She couldn't handle it, you know? And I'm, I'm like, that's why I wrote the book. Like, I want to help folks not throw in the towel. I want to give them a foundation. I want to give them a playbook, the playbook I use to, to own, own the mental game and not throw in the towel too early. And so, um, you know, I talk about documenting our wins. 
Um, you know, David Goggins is that kind of uh, American phenomenon um, who talks about the cookie jar, right? And, and basically put all the things you've accomplished from, from sports or hobbies wins early in your life to, you know, your early success wins in business and sales and, and have those in front of you. And when times get tough, pull those out of the cookie jar and remind yourself that you have what it takes. Um, you know, so we talk about that a little bit. And then, like you said, Tom, we lean into, you know, keeping a disciplined schedule. I think discipline really helps us, um, not be scattered, not be worried. And, um, you know, this morning and kicked my butt for about an hour and he's like, all right, go to your podcast, you know? So like that's, I try to live it and not just talk it as well. Yeah. So John, uh, I, the part that I would emphasize too is the affirmation. I mean, we're all human beings. We all have our demons. We all have mm -hmm. our insecurities. So for example, if somebody is, uh, having something that let's say for example a confidence issue let's say that somebody's confidence is they're they're trying to to develop their confidence you need to flip that to an affirmation and mm -hmm. state it say it out loud maybe in your morning time and hey say something like i am a confident person i i feel confident people you know like working with me so you these affirmations are important right yeah. And I, and I list the ones that I kind of go to typically as well. So, you know, not saying that they're the end all be all, but I do think that's a great starting place for a lot of people. So I give you, I give you the ones that I go over and I do think repeat, you know, you need, I think you need about 10 positive things for every negative thing you get. And so I think if you load up with positivity in the morning and affirmations, I think it sets you up to be mentally strong throughout the day. Yeah, and people that don't understand the psychology, you're programming your subconscious mind. Is what you're doing. We're not, uh, we're not robots, but to a degree, if you program that subconscious mind, I mean, I've been, I, I do this myself, and I'll be in the middle of a situation. One of my affirmations is stay calm through adversity because yeah. I tend to want to flip the table over and kick somebody's butt, <laughs> and so I, I have an affirmation of stay calm through adversity. So I've been in situations. And mm -hmm. I hear my little voice say, stay calm through adversity. And I'm like, where did that come from? Well, it came from this, this uh, affirmation. So let me tell you something, listeners. This stuff might sound a little cheesy, but it's proven with science and data. John's telling you. I'm telling you. Paul, who knows? He's a, he probably doesn't need to do any affirmations. You're perfect, right, Paul? <laughs> you have no way, man. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times when you're going at, at least mine and sales call, I'm, I'm, I got to look back. I got to think about the wins that John just talked about. You you want to not only think about them, you kind of want to emulate them, right? And bring them into play when you do it. And in the end, the affirmations just help in that whole process. So here's the deal. Uh, when yours would be, don't pull the jersey over his head. And, and <laughs> that's a whole other story, John. We'll tell you some other time. So the next chapter I want to talk about is chapter 10, the skills of great salespeople. And here, yeah. here is, uh, and I think this would fit in, Paul, to what we talked about, be a pro, not a punk. And some of this stuff is, it, it's, it really is about the same level, but just said a different way. Gain understanding. Tell them you have a few really good things you'd like to, to share. But before that, you'd really like to understand more about their reality and situation. Then you go on to say, dig deeper. After mm -hmm. the customer shares, you lean into it and you double down. You say, 
You said the following about your widget was leaking oil or whatever, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. uh, this challenge right now, can you tell me more? I think that's a great tip of double down on it. They just mm -hmm. told you some things like I think of it as where's your pain? Same type yep. of deal. Yep. Tell me more about that. You know, how long has that been going on? And have you tried to tackle it through other uh, strategies? And, and you, you you double down on that. Talk about that, John. Yeah, guys, I think this it's 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 really goes back to what's important to them, right? You might walk into a meeting where they, you know, you, you do some initial rapport, but they want to get straight to it, right? And so I think you acknowledge why you're there for the meeting. Hey, I know you wanted, I know the purpose of this meeting was this, but I'd really like to know more about this, right? Um, you set you you, you acknowledge why you're there. And then you, you try to dig deeper, ultimately to find the pain, right? And how your product or service may or may not be a fit. And so, you know, the, the second point that you made there is I think most salespeople will take, take the first answer and then move on, but just stay in the pocket. It's like a boxer, you know, like taking some jabs, like stay in the pocket, That's right? Wait, right? Wait you, for it. To, I, Paul, you can probably relate as a hockey player. Um, wait, wait in the pocket a little bit more dig deeper, find out truly the pain. Cause I think you, you know, you get the first kind of stiff arm um, yep. basic objection. And the real truth is that second, third level question. Have you heard the term strip the line, like the fishing term? Oh yeah. Yeah. Strip the line. So, <laughs> Hey, he's sitting there nibbling, nibbling, nibbling. Don't talk salesperson. Listen, strip the line, let out mm. some more line, let them. I mean, it goes back to basics, right? If they, if you let them talk and you're discovering what their pain points are, the value proposition becomes simple. It's just, you're basically <laughs> reiterating his pain. So Paul, mm -hmm. did you want to talk about any of that in your, your past history? I, I don't think I've ever met a customer that didn't like to talk about himself or his company. I, I, right. I mean, so you want to give them that opportunity to go on that and then obviously keep going as far, as far as you can get them. Yeah. So moving on to chapter 15, shovel the rocks. I Let's love go. that. So looking at that, uh, one of the areas of discipline you talk about is Sunday night planning. It's a time where I update my emails, review and plan my calendar and prepare a Monday morning message for my sales team, or it could be a salesperson planning. Yep. It's yep. a time where I sacrifice Sunday night football. So what this is telling me, it goes back, Paul to Bill Clement, our very first interview. This, I don't know if you heard that one. You need to, John. He's a, a Hall of Fame hockey uh, analyst on, on ESPN, and he played in two World uh, Cups, so Stanley Cups. So, Love so that. here's the deal. I, I, I hear what you're saying, and this is a very critical point: planning, game plan, prepping, and what you're saying is on a Sunday night. And I love this. People in some of the younger crowds, oh, Sunday night's my weekend. No, right. you're a professional. So what you're saying, John, yep. is by Monday morning after you have your coffee workout or whatever, you've already got your template and you're getting after it. Yep. Yep. You're you're getting you're able to go on the offense rather than be defensive, right? In the morning. And you're able to really go conquer and do do what you need to. Um, if you're not prepared walking into Monday morning, you're not a true sales professional. I completely agree with that. It's hard though. It's hard. Most people want to have fun, right? Most yeah. people want to want to wait and and start Monday morning, but that's not the time to start. 
What's great today too, John, is look at the tools that the young salespeople have to to make that happen. You know, when I started, it was carbon copy stuff, right? And you mm-hmm. were down. They have some great tools to work with to help them achieve that goal. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. you talk talk to Paul long enough, you'll realize him and Moses hung out in the day. <laughs> yeah, he he's uh, he cracks me up. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, typically the first half of the podcast is him plugging in cords and getting his kids down to help him get the audio. So he, he's starting yeah. to get he's starting to get it down now. So chapter, <laughs> I got to pick on somebody. Chapter seventeen, redefining failure. I love this one here. It says yeah. it says uh, uh, talking about a gentleman. Uh, Stephen likes to say, "Eat the chicken and spit out the bones." Tell us yeah. about that. Yeah. So I think failure, we, and I'm a, I'm a perfectionist, so I still work on this. Right. I mean, I hate to fail with a passion. Um, and so I am trying to, to live what I teach. Right. And I'm trying to help encourage that next generation and not be so fearful over failure. I think if you're not failing, you're not, you're not moving forward. You're not trying big enough things. And so I talk about my little daughter, Ansley, who, She's uh, going to be eight this year and she's the same way. She's wired just like me. And um, I want to give her the encouragement. I asked her after school, I said, where, you know, babe, where have you failed today? Or where, where have you made mistakes? And she tries to play it off. And, and then I go back to that second and third level questioning and try to ultimately get back to encouraging her that it's okay to try big things, go for it. Right. And um, so I do think number one, failure is not final right and as salespeople, that's how we learn unfortunately and um we've got to start being okay with it as long as we've done the pre-call plan as long as we're not sloppy going into these interactions i really that's my number one pet peeve with the people i lead it's like hey at least try do your research before going in there to that account and give it your best and if you do make a mistake it's not final you you've done everything you need to up until that point. Um, so I'll stop there and we can let, get your guys' feedback. No, no, it's great. Uh, totally agree. And I talked to a guy yesterday, uh, a friend of mine, that I he's he was struggling, and he got ripped at a customer. And this guy's top shelf. Like, he's like, and he got he got one of those emails, and they copied everybody, and they they tore him up. And I could tell his daughter was down and, you know, I used to coach him. I still coach him. So I said, listen, hey, it is what it is, right? I said, well, you know what you're capable of. And I had to build him back up because he was he was really uh, bummed out about it. So, yeah. you know, I look at situations. There's sometimes the customers are just irrational and they're irrational. But there's other times where you contributed to that. So that gets into the post uh, post call and the and the 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 self reflection of if something mm-hmm. particularly if it goes negative, what part of that can you own? What kind of part of that can you learn from? And I think it was last week, was it Paul that uh, the podcast? He said you can learn. What was it? There was t- a term in there that I loved, and and look for the 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 lesson there, and then build it in a constructive manner. Uh, and, and realize that your core competencies are still there, but you still have the opportunity to, to grow in every situation. So good. That is so good. Sometimes, and, and sometimes you just have to tell yourself next play too, right? I talk about that in the book, right? Where you've, if you've tried your best, you know, learn the lesson and move on, right? And, and I actually have a note in my phone. I don't know if I talk about this in the book. I don't think I do, but in my notes app, 
I uh, put each each year in the things I'm learning. And if I make a mistake, I'll point I'll point it out. I won't write an essay, but I'll document in my phone where I made that mistake. And I'll go back and I'll review that on occasion. And then you learn that lesson and you move on and say next play. I think uh, what drives you in that too, if I can go back to Billy Clement, uh, Tommy, when he said it, remember he won two Stanley Cups and we were talking about it. So the next step after you go through the fear process is, you know, how do I get back on my feet? And his thing was, it wasn't about winning. He said, we hated to lose. Yeah. So that drove us further. And I think that's part of this process as well. What do you think, John? Completely agree. And and I sometimes have been known to ask that question in the interview process. It's kind of a a question a lot of sales managers ask, but it, I think it gets to the heart of, you know, competing, right. And having that will to win. And I think true competitors hate to lose more than they love to win. Um, that's kind of where I fall on that. Yeah. And, 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 and frankly, if you're insecure, you don't want to admit that you have, you make mistakes. And, and so maybe step one is just people out there need to be authentic with themselves and realize that, you're, you're not perfect. You will make mistakes. I've made mistakes. All three of us on this podcast have made mistakes. That's mm -hmm. not the question is, are you learning from those mistakes? I, can you admit that there was a problem and it's a, it's a growing, you, you grow from it. And back to the customer, if it's something really say out of line, or you feel like you need to follow back up with the customer, guess what? You can reach back out to that customer and have that moment of, of, uh, Hey, reaching back out, I I feel, you know, you can circle back and build that relationship even through a, a failure, right? I've done that so many times where I've had to come back to a customer and say, hey, was I too much back there? And I've, you know, or secretaries or someone else, one of the stakeholders in the room, like, yeah, you were a lot. And I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And um, that wasn't my intent, right? And I think you can you can always circle back and you can, and, and I think that goes back to the relationship piece. That if you admit if you make a mistake or if you admit that you weren't prepared um, or whatever it is, I think that only builds more trust and connectivity to your customer. So I don't know if that's exactly where you're going with it, but that's kind of what um, I want to make sure yeah. know, sales folks know. It just, yeah. just shows your, uh, your humble and your authenticity. And, and most people will react to that and, and, and like you even more, or if they had a problem, it, you, it's easy for them to, move on and it shows that you're a human being. So back mm -hmm. on this confidence thing with salespeople, if, if you are having a rough go, or if you're in the middle of a intense storm, I think about when I think about my life in general, uh, I'm older than you, John and Paul, like I said, he's Moses. But if you think, <laughs> if you're having a rough day or rough week, and this happened to me, you know, it's happened to me recently, you have to pull back. And then you have to pull back again, and then you have to pull back yet again. And you have to look at your whole life and say, you know what? I've overcome some pretty significant things in my life, and this one is no different. And what you have to do is think about what are the solutions to this challenge? Every opportunity, there's a solution. And it may not be right away, but you can reach out to your mentors, which you brought up in the book. Paul's one of my mentors. Mm -hmm. reach out to a mentor or two, throw the problem on them. They see it from a fresh set of eyes and then think solutions, be constructive in your fear and stress and anxiety. Don't waller in it. Think mm -hmm. solutions. What do you think? 
there's always a way. One of my mentors said, there's always, 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 always a way, right? And you just have to find that. And, um, and I, and I do believe that for the most part is that, you know, if, if you know, your solution's a good fit for the customer, it's, there's always a way it's just, you know, with, with wise counsel around you, you're more likely to succeed. And so we do a ton of planning. We do a lot of internal calls, um, because we want to be sharp going in that meeting and, and set ourselves up for the highest likelihood of winning. So, um, there's, there truly is always a way. And so don't give up on yourself, believe in yourself. And I think, you touched on confidence. I think elite preparation we talk about leads to confidence. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Bill Clement, my son was that way in baseball. He he did better when he was prepared. And same thing with sales. I mean, these things are very basic, but they're mm -hmm. super profound and critical. Paul, do you have anything? Uh, how many times have we heard the most successful people and even into sports and coaches, it's the basics. It's yeah. always the basics. So, so, so true. So, so true. John, so John, here you have this book and, and, and it's interesting because I, I have concepts out my ear in terms of different things I want to do. And you, this is your first book. Is that correct? First book. Yes, sir. And you're probably, you've got other ones teed up and, mm -hmm. and uh, who knows where that's going with yourself. You're in this role now, and obviously you're doing great. And, and, uh, I identify where you're at mm -hmm. and it sounds like you got, you got things dialed in. So what, uh, what do you see in the future for yourself? I mean, obviously, uh, you're high energy guy with a lot of uh, passion. So mm -hmm. uh, what, what's your thoughts for the future? Yeah. So I think multiple books uh, are are in the works. You know, I think working on one now, um, you know, would love to kind of get a management leadership one out there, you know, with with also a lot of humility, knowing that I'm not not where you guys are at yet. And, and so I think it's uh, it's been a fun journey so far getting this book out um, speaking. I'd love to be doing a little bit more speaking, and encouraging. But I think as cheesy or cl cliche as this may sound, I've I found a lot of joy with helping that next generation of sellers. And so, you know, one, one quick story is guy uh, read my book. He's an ex uh, pro basketball player. And he said, Hey man, the, the basics you outlined in the sales process in chapter six, he said, I read your book. I had no sales process. It's exactly what I needed to land my first sales job, you know? So getting that kind of encouragement and feedback from, you know, DMS and LinkedIn or, you know, Instagram and Facebook, that's been fuel to me to kind of keep going on this journey. So where it leads, I don't, I don't really know exactly, but I just want to want to add value and truly help others. Sounds like two old bulls. That was the genesis of uh, Paul and I, we, we, we're doing it through this platform. Uh, you've got the book and future books. So it's funny about the, about the uh, basics and, and, and how important they are. I, I used to coach my son in T-ball. He was like four, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I was out there all fired up and, and and they were hitting the ball and I said, run to first, run to first. And the kid ran to third <laughs> and it, it hit me like, don't ever assume that people know the basics. Cause I mean, I, you, the three of us could write 20 books on sales. Right. And I, I've probably Paul forgot more than I know. <laughs> and then sometimes, you know, we, we don't think about the perspective of people that, that are out there and, even if they know the basics, they, they need to be reinforced. I mean, I can tell you in my personal life, I, I see this. I mean, in terms of I lose sight of the discipline of, of 
refilling my body with good basic information. And then, and then I'll get out in the wilderness and have to come back to the basics. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's great and keep doing what you're doing. Uh, the, the sales management piece of it is, is so critical and there's great sales managers like Paul and there's others that are horrendous. And maybe mm-hmm. Paul, that's something we could talk about too, is be, be a pro, not a punk. If you're a sales manager, Paul, what do you think? I, I think so. And Tom, you've sent, you've used the word with me mentor. And I was just thinking about this. I mean, cause you and I have so many conversations and I, I, in ours, it's more of a, it's a mentor, but it's more of a collaboration relationship as well. Tommy is really good at some of the stuff that I'm not at, right? I, 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 you heard hockey. I used to play hockey. I used to play a couple nights a week and everything. And, and when I got too old and I had to give that up, I have not done a good job of keeping my physical side of the, of the game up. Right. And, and COVID played a bigger part in that too, when you're sitting at home and not on the road doing things like you, you used to do. So I think, uh, you know, as much as Tommy said, he's learned from me, I learned from him just as much. So I like collaboration just as much as I do mentor. Yeah, you can see John why he was a good boss. He's so humble and builds people up. Look at him; he's still doing it. I, I, I give you all the nutrition stuff so you won't die. I want to do the podcast further. You know, yeah. you're over there drinking too much dyers and eating those donuts, right? It's awesome. So, John, I mean, hey, uh, what what did we leave out? I mean, there's got to be. I went through like a crazy man, and you know, what what's something you're passionate about? Maybe that you want to say, say out loud to the toolable audience out there that maybe I left off. Yeah. I mean, I think you guys nailed it. It was a good kind of overview. I think, um, I think great, the skills of great salespeople, I think they simplify the complex, right? I think we talked about that a little bit with they ask good questions. Um, you know, they, they don't make things confusion that confusing. That's something I'm really harping on right now with my team is, make it simple. And as basic as that sounds, guys, sometimes we get in these complex deals and these scenarios where we're, um, where we don't take the time to simplify it. Like you're spelling it out to a middle schooler. I think we need to continue to sharpen that skill set, and then ultimately really make it about your customers. I'm super passionate about, you know, if, if it's a, if it's not a good fit, sometimes it's best to walk away. And I'm finally starting to understand that as a, really aggressive early salesperson now with a little bit of maturity building, you know, sometimes a, a no deal is the best deal for everybody. And, um, and so I think simplifying the complex, making that easy, and then really make it about your customers, your sales pitch. If you start noticing it's about you, 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 gosh, guys, I mean, flip that around and make it about them. And I promise you things will change. No, I, I agree. I mean, Paul and I talked about this in previous episodes too, the, the walk away, or maybe it's not a fit. I mean, some people shop at Walmart, some people shop at Target. Your value proposition uh, may not be a fit for everybody. Or as Paul brought up in a previous podcast, maybe they don't even have any money. That's kind of important, right, Paul? Right. Exactly. And, and you know, there may not be common ground, right? Tommy, you and I have been in a hydraulic business where we've gone into a customer that's building their own power units. And, you know, we're repping a company that builds power units, right? And we say, well, in the end, there may not be common ground because maybe you're doing it as well as you think you are. And there's nothing for us to do here. So, but mm-hmm. keep us in mind, right? So, yep. Part, part of being a professional is is understanding that and being able to articulate that back to your boss. And if, if 
your boss is John, he's going to understand that. And it, it's, it is the reality of any product out there. I mean, they serve different demographics and there's different buying uh, triggers with people. And they, they have, some people have budgets and let's face it, sometimes they go for the cheapest price. And, right. and uh, if you compromise that, then you don't make any margin and, and you feel like you're just uh, spinning your wheels. So no, that's good input, John. So here you are. Georgia got the book, got the kids, got a good life going on. Uh, you talked about future books, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, anything else on your on your thoughts today as we talk live, or basically have we covered it? Man, you, you guys, it's been an absolute honor. It's been fun hanging out with you. I think my website I have a ton of free resources. John Allenson, just my name, J O N, and then Alwinson.com. Um, you know, would love to. Would love to connect with anybody in your audience. You know, feel free to shoot me a DM or an email. Um, but you know, any way I can help or add value to your audience, I'd be it'd be an honor. Um, yeah. we've got a lot of cool free resources on the website too. Well, we'll do we'll do the LinkedIn thing and we'll get a, a write up, and then you can share with your followers and that type of thing. That's been very effective, and we we can do that uh, networking. Yeah, and uh, people will have we'll put all the information in there so they know how to reach out to you. And, uh, it's always fun. I tell the guest, the previous guest, I mean, this is now digital. It's out there when you're Paul's age, 85, 86, he's, <laughs> he's not that old. You can go back and listen to your younger self and your kids can listen to it. I mean, it's kind of neat. And, uh, so we, we love that. And before today, I didn't know you now I know you. And, uh, th that's the cool part of this is, is, uh, we can learn from each other. And I, I think it's fun to to talk to other people and 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 see their perspective on things. And when it comes to sales, philosoph philosophically and and all that good stuff, you and I are squared up pretty well. I mean, yeah. uh, it's nice to talk to somebody that shares your your core beliefs. No doubt. And I feel like I made two new friends here today, Tom and Paul. So I'm, I, I've been telling people about the best thing about writing a book has been my bubble has expanded and I've met people just like you guys. So like I said, I'm super honored to be on with you guys. Wealth of knowledge and and I'll be uh, reaching out to you guys for advice down the road as well. Absolutely. So we, we've enjoyed talking with you and, uh, for the for the guest out there, the podcast folks, you can uh, follow us on LinkedIn. Also, we're on Spotify and Apple for podcast. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this uh, latest episode of Two Old Bulls, and everybody have a great day. Mm -hmm.